That was an inexcusable, embarrassing performance by the University of Miami football team. I'm not running from it. I'm not hiding from it. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And yeah, we're here. We're here. We're still repping the U, despite the fact that, quite frankly, what we saw from the Hurricanes in their 45-31 to 31 loss to Middle Tennessee one of the worst losses in program history, right? I don't think it's quite there with the FIU loss from a few years ago, but to have this loss on your home field against a team that doesn't really belong on that field with their talent compared to your talent, it's one of the most embarrassing Hurricanes losses in history. Um, I want to start here because I know this is where most of us want to start because we're all we're all wondering, right? Two weeks from yesterday, Saturday, October 8th, that's the next time Miami plays, by the way, because you're coming into the bye week. Who's the starting quarterback going to be? Because from where I sit, Miami, I believe, has a bona fide quarterback controversy. Maybe some of you feel differently that they're just going to roll right back in with Tyler Van Dyke. But I seriously wonder about that. So Jake Garcia comes on with about seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter down 21 points against Middle Tennessee in a night where nothing was working for TVD. And I know the crowd was very excited to see Garcia come in. I think a lot of us, uh, myself included, and certainly the fans at the game, probably were hoping and thinking the switch might happen a little bit sooner than it did. But it happens about midway through the third quarter. And when Jake Garcia came on, he looked more accurate, more decisive with his throws, and more comfortable in Josh Gaddis's offense than Tyler Van Dyke did, at least on that day. Now, Garcia wasn't perfect, of course. You know, he didn't come in and hit all of his passes and lead some, you know, beautiful Cinderella comeback from down 21 points. It didn't play out that way. Um, but Garcia came into the game down three scores and looked like he gave Miami at least a chance. I have to wonder that if Tyler Van Dyke had gotten yanked earlier in the game, perhaps after the pick six, right, at some point, maybe late first quarter, early second quarter, I have to wonder if the switch had happened sooner, would that have given Garcia just more time and less of a deficit? And could Miami have actually won this game if they'd made the switch to Garcia sooner than they did? Now, of course, the way that the game played out, the timing is very interesting because, as I mentioned, the Miami Hurricanes are heading into the bye week, okay? Now, Cristobal talked about how they're going to handle the bye week. They're going to run practice as usual, right? They're not giving guys days off, certainly not after what happened on Saturday, but I think even if Miami had won that game on Saturday, they're not giving guys, you know, days off and, hey, just kind of chill, take a vacation for a week, and then we'll see you in October. No, they're going to hold a regular week of practices. The only difference is, according to coaches, they're just not going to play a game on Saturday because they don't have one on the schedule. 
Um, so you have to wonder how they use, though, that first week of practice this coming week. Um, I think that they're definitely going to give Tyler opportunities to fight for his own job. Like, I, I don't think that they're just going to come in, you know, um, Sunday afternoon or Monday in practice and be like, yeah, Tyler, you're taking second team reps today. It's the Jake Garcia show. No, I think they're going to give Tyler some time to fight for his own job. But I think it's imperative that Cristobal gives Garcia some starters reps, if not half of the starting quarterback reps to really open up a competition. Because honestly, I think that's where we are. I think that a competition should be had and a decision should be had. And part of that decision is going to be based on what happens in practice for sure. But also the film study from this MTSU debacle is going to be important because the coaches are going to look back at it. Mario, Gaddis, Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach, all the analysts that Miami has on staff, maybe they're going to see some things that make Tyler's issues on film look even worse than we thought in the heat of battle. Or perhaps maybe they realize that some of the mistakes weren't as much on him as it looked like they were in the heat of battle. So the film evaluation, for better or for worse, is going to be very important for them to decide where Tyler Van Dyke stands and, of course, where Jake Garcia stands because they're studying his film as well. And certainly, to my eyes, watching the game live and in person, Garcia on that day looked a lot sharper than Tyler Van Dyke. And as far uh, as this quarterback decision goes, you know, I have the luxury of being able to talk to people who have been part of quarterback controversies. Uh, you know, a guy we had on our show last Thursday, who I co-host the network post-game shows with, Malik Rozier. I was on with Malik last night, and, like, I asked him, how do you think the coaches should handle this? Because remember, Malik Rozier in 2018 was part of a situation where Mark Rick started to play musical quarterback between Malik Rozier and Nikosi Perry. He went through that type of a quarterback shuffle in 2018, and Malik told me that in his mind, the right way to handle this would be to make a decision and stick with it. If these coaches decide to bench Tyler Van Dyke for Garcia, you make it clear that it's Garcia's team now and you ride or die with him. Don't turn it into some fluid situation where every game or every drive, you're going to decide who's our quarterback right now. And then first mistake he makes, he knows he's getting benched for the next guy. If you decide to stick with TVD, it's his team. You roll with it. If you decide to switch to Garcia, it's his team. You roll with it. If you make a quarterback switch for this North Carolina game, you make it permanent. And Tyler Van Dyke is going to have to understand. And, you know, if he decides to hit the portal, well, it's the reality of college football in 2022. And I put out uh, last night, and I, I, I was definitely capitalizing on people's emotions. There's no question about it. But I put out a Twitter poll you know, last night, short, short, uh, shortly after the game finished uh, on our Twitter account, our show Twitter account, at Locked on Canes. By the way, if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us, we're probably going to answer it on Twitter, and we might even answer your tweets on the show as well. But I put out a Twitter poll uh, last night uh, asking you guys uh, who will start for the Miami Hurricanes after the bye week against North Carolina. We've had roughly 400 votes come in so far, and 80% of you have voted for Jake Garcia. Garcia is winning the popular vote, okay? You know, you heard, of course, the crowd came alive when Garcia entered the game. He added an immediate spark, threw a beautiful catchable ball to Will Mallory with space for Mallory to pick up yards after the catch. 
on that drive to set up a touchdown. He threw a 39 yard deep shot, perfectly placed right on the money to Keyshawn Smith really got the offense going. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Tyler Van Dyke's issues three games into the year because he doesn't look like the same quarterback from last year. He doesn't. How much of that is on Tyler? How much of that is just on not having the weapons he had last year? And how much of it is on coaching? Ooh, we're going to get into all that and more right after we talk about the amazing folks at LinkedIn Jobs. Guys, I've been on one side of it. I have gotten opportunities as a job seeker on LinkedIn Jobs. And if you're a small business owner, you can find qualified candidates. You need the right people for your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in developing, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes. Your first listen and your first watch today, even on a day like this when we're all sad and upset. Well, many of us are sad and upset because I fully realize this is the type of episode that Florida State fans and Gator fans are going to stumble across because they're going to say, oh, 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 hold on. We found a Miami guy. We found a Miami guy talking about losing to Middle Tennessee, probably making excuses. We want to get into his comments and give him a hard time. And we went, it, listen, it, it's fine. I, I I have no defense, guys. <laughs> like, so if you're if you're a Gator fan and a Seminole fan, like, what am I supposed to just let me have it? Like, what am I supposed to do? My team just lost to Middle Tennessee at home by two touchdowns. I don't have a leg to stand on. So whether you're here as a Miami fan uh, for a therapy session and a crying towel, of course, those are the people that I'm really here for. But if you're a rival fan who's just in here to troll us, do what you got to do, okay? Because what am I supposed to say after, after a performance like that? What's wrong with Tyler Van Dyke? So outside of TVD's arm strength, which still clearly very strong arm, and it's why... Um, even coming out of that dreadful performance, like a lot of NFL draft scouts are like, are still intrigued by Ty. I, I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. Like we all thought heading to the year, but like a lot of NFL draft scouts are still very intrigued by the arm talent of Tyler Van Dyke outside of his ab, his arm strength. Everything looks off right now. Some of the big issues we've been noticing uh, even through the first three games of the season. And then it really got magnified against middle Tennessee in game four. TVD doesn't appear right now to have any timing or chemistry whatsoever with his wide receivers. 
Yeah, he had chemistry with one guy first two games of the year. That's his roommate, Xavier Restrepo, who's out for another month plus still. Hasn't developed any timing or chemistry with the rest. Um, this is sticking out like a sore thumb, guys. Tyler Van Dyke telegraphs every throw he makes by staring down a receiver. It's been tough to watch. His ball placement is off. That was one of the areas that I thought Jake Garcia did very well when he came in. Tyler has struggled with it this year. Even when Tyler is completing passes, they're often not placed in a position for a receiver to run after the catch. Uh, and we see him overthrowing open players sometimes by five yards. It happened a couple times against Middle Tennessee. It's discombobulated. If I was going to use one word to describe Tyler Van Dyke to this point, discombobulated because we know he's very talented we saw it last season six straight games of at least 300 yards and at least three touchdowns we know he's capable of doing better what he's doing right now and I have no doubt as a lot of you are going to bring up I have no doubt that coaching deserves some blame for this plenty of blame so yes Van Dyke is transitioning to a new offense a new style of play but it's also up to the coaches to design plays and call plays that your quarterback is comfortable running, that you can't just say, you know what, this is one size fits all. I know you did things in an up-tempo spread last year, a little air raid, throw that all in the garbage. Here's our pro style offense. You can either fit in it or you're going to be terrible and we don't care. And you have to make that transition as easy as possible for your quarterback. Uh, you have to call plays and design plays that your quarterback is comfortable running. So I'm going to say that that's a failure on all levels, right? Maybe TVD isn't working hard enough at it, and maybe he's just not right for it. But I do feel like the coaching needs to do more to make a quarterback that talented fit in a different system. Um, you know, stuff that I can't really elaborate on because I don't know, but I see this stuff going out there. A lot of people are hypothesizing that the fame he's now getting, maybe he's reading too many of his headlines or, you know, the NIL money has gotten to TVD's head. I can't possibly know if that is or isn't the case. It's definitely something that many players around the country are maybe having a hard time dealing with right now. So is that part of it? I don't know. Uh, and then you have to wonder moving forward. And again, uh, it's probably good for Miami that they're heading into the bye week because it gives them more time to evaluate and make the decision at quarterback. It stinks for fans though, because we're going to have to wait so much longer to figure out what's going on because there's a bye week. So I think the question of the day is, is this benching going to make Tyler Van Dyke better light a fire, or is this just going to be Jake Garcia's team now? And we move on with that. So I, that's what I'd love you guys to comment on. If you want to leave us a tweet at Locked on Canes, or if you want to leave us a comment on our YouTube channel, we read all of those as well. Those are open. Follow us on YouTube at Locked on Canes. Be sure to subscribe and give us a thumbs up on this video. And if you're listening to an audio channel, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your pods. So uh, I know we've spent a lot of time on quarterback, but we can talk about everything else. Uh, Miami from basically every level, aside from a couple of individuals. Like, I was happy to see Frank Ladson make some strides, and I thought Keyshawn Smith had a great game. Like, wasn't Keyshawn Smith's fault they lost that game? Caught some big passes, scored a touchdown on a kick return. <laughs> like, Keyshawn Smith, Frank Ladson, this loss is not on you guys. Uh, but overall, Miami took huge steps back in every position group. 
they just showed up and they thought they could just win this game automatically by being bigger, stronger, and better players than Middle Tennessee. That's an attitude problem. That's an attitude issue that coaches and players deserve equal blame for. It's a lack of accountability from everyone. Miami's offensive line, this was positively shocking because Miami's O-line strength of the team for the first three weeks. They were bullying opponents, including Texas A&M. They fell flat against Middle Tennessee. They had no push. How do you go from producing 175 team rushing yards against a defense like A&M's on the road to following that up with 60 team rushing yards against a Conference USA team at home? None of Miami's offensive linemen graded out above 60% on pro football focus. That's poor. Like that's That looks more like the 2021 O-line than the 2022 O-line. Miami's tight ends graded out terribly in run blocking in this game. Miami's defense, they played darn near perfect against Texas A&M. A little soft on the first drive, basically perfect after that. This game, they got completely cooked. Cooked. Four long passing plays. Three of them went for touchdowns of 71 yards, 69 yards, 98 yards. They made Chase Cunningham look like Randall Cunningham out there. Defensive secondary, big problems in that game. Um, and some of the problems you saw the first couple of weeks reemerged this week. DJ Ivy, Malik Curtis, Tyreek Stevenson, to name a few, had a lot of trouble in coverage. That was really discouraging, especially for DJ Ivy, because he played so well last week, was one of the best players on the field against AM. Uh, linebacker, you know, I call a spade a spade. I, I credit him when he does well. I'll say when he doesn't, my guy, Corey Flagg, had his worst performance of the season by far at linebacker, graded out just a 59.6 on PFF yesterday. So, um, I man, I really don't want to say this. <laughs> I'm going to get ripped for this. I'm going to get ripped for this, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> If you've kept watching this long or listening this long, I have to say this for the real ones. Still in play to win the Coastal. We got to remember that, guys. We have to remember, uh, as awful as this loss is, as much as it stings to lose to a Conference USA team at home, one of the most embarrassing losses in program history. Miami could make us forget about that just a little bit. If you take care of your business against North Carolina, and they've got some issues of their own, that's not a perfect team, UNC. Uh, take care of your business against North Carolina in 13 days and improve yourselves throughout the ACC schedule. We can hopefully make losing to MTSU a footnote on our memories of this year, okay? And listen, I'm I'm hoping Miami can bounce back because – you know, I know that this is both encouraging and discouraging at the same time. We know the talent on this team is better than what showed up against MTSU, right? We know that the athletes are better than this. We have seen them play significantly better than they played on Saturday. So it is up to everyone, right? Whether you're the, you know, the 90th guy on the roster or you're the starting quarterback, whoever that may be at this point. You're the head coach, you're a defensive analyst. It is up to everyone to problem solve, figure this out, and approach it for the next 13 days with the right attitude. Because the big issue here, attitude, 
attitude and mentality because we know physically Miami is a lot better than what they showed on Saturday. Miami has their best coaching staff in history on paper, on paper, right? Most expensive coaching staff in the ACC. They've got an insanely high number of analysts on the staff. They need to figure this out. The coaches need to figure this out pronto, and the players need to do their part by showing the accountability and the effort to get out there on the green tree practice fields and fix this. And we will be there. Locked on Canes, we are here through the good times and the bad, right? You know, if, if Miami could you know, get a in a month and a half, if Miami beats Clemson, we will be there to celebrate, right? And we're here to commiserate after losing to Middle Tennessee. And I can't thank you guys enough for listening, watching, and supporting the show. I know this is a really tough time, a really tough day, and a really tough week to be a Canes fan. We've been through a lot of bad times, guys. We're, we're used to this, right? We're hoping that things are going to get better from here, but we are used to being down. So let's all hold hands. Let's sing Kumbaya. And let's get through this together because we are all in this together. And make sure after you make us your first listen, make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen. Co uh, host Candace Cooper and the local experts. I'm one of them. I join Candace every Thursday. Take you through the ACC in under 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.